Hey, let's get it going on a Friday. Welcome to The People's Show with Bick Nazar broadcasting live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500. Five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. 650-650. can always engage, interact with the show into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Always love it, especially on a Friday, because you know we got Confession Fridays bringing it for you. Chiming in the inbox. Share the confessions. We'll do that in about uh, 10, 12 minutes. Big six as well today. Feeling good heading into week seven. Three and three last week, by the way. An underwhelming three and three. I was a bit annoyed, but uh, I feel good about this week. Took Dom's Jets last week. That one paid out really well. Plus seven. You come at the K, you best not miss. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to that in about 20 minutes. Add Dan Verk as well. People's Picks, Friday Football Preview. Plenty going on in a one-hour edition of the People's Show on a Friday. Again, Confession Fridays. Get those submissions in. 650-650. Myself and Dom will uh, be rattling your confessions off into the inbox. But Dom, remember, anonymous. Anonymous. Yes, even if they sign it, don't mention the names. Anonymous. Yes, we'll do that this week. Uh, again, love Confession Fridays. But oh boy, let's start uh, last night. And look, man, we live on the West Coast. It's supposed to be chill out here. People were at the beach in October. Like, what's happening this year? It's been a fabulous year. The temperature's supposed to be down, but uh, the temperature is rising nonstop for Canucks fans. A loss last night in OT, two points on a five-game road trip. Again, we're supposed to be chill here. And the vibes heading into the home opener, they are shaky. And you listen to the guys today, Bruce Boudreaux, some of the players meeting with media, a lot of positivity. And I got to say, I like it. I like it. I know that's not what a lot of people want to hear. They want to hear more accountability and the frustration and the anger. But the vibes from the Canucks today. Bruce meeting with media. I'm sure you heard it on Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Go subscribe to that pod. Go subscribe to ours as well. The People Show, Canucks Central, Halford and Bruff. Always appreciate it. Apple, Spotify, wherever you grab your pods. A lot of positivity. JT Miller, Luke Shen. They're looking ahead. And I say good. I say good move. Put put the five-game road trip behind you. A lot went wrong. And there's plenty of blame to go around. There's plenty of reasons why it hasn't worked out. They just got to look forward. Start the season on the road. You get back home. Get to play the matchups. Life's a lot easier for Bruce Boudreaux at home. Start building towards something better. And I, I, I will admit, last night was better. Rewatched it a bit of it this morning. When you remove the context of the four games before... And you just look at last night. Hey, it's it's one of 82. These are 82 individual events. They run in together. Can you build up some rhythm? Does your rhythm get disrupted with some losing streaks, with some winning streaks, whatever it is? But when you view it as one of 82, last night was better. It's just you see at the end of the game the faces from the players on the bench. It doesn't exist necessarily in a vacuum of one of 82. When you see the players' faces at the end of the game, Quinn Hughes there, long looks into the distance, shocking looks of, man, again? You bring in the context of the last four games, suddenly it looks very difficult to see the light. And it's dark right now. 
And in its darkness, you should be able to see the light, just even a flicker of it at its easiest. Look, we all know about light pollution. When it's all going well, it's hard to see a specific light. When it's dark right now, you just need to find one light. And there's a certain level of positivity from the players today. I say that's the right move. Getting ready for tomorrow, home opener. Try to rally the troops. Get it all in the right wavelength, everyone together, with a certain level of positivity. You know, Bruce uh, brought up some parenting today. Yeah, you crack the whip sometimes and you try to build them back up. And getting ready for a home opener, where for fans, I imagine, fans' confidence right now, I feel is shaky. You can chime in 650-650. Where is your confidence right now heading into the home opener? I think the big thing, too, and I, I think why the positive vibes from the Canucks are necessary, is you got to give these fans something. I'm not even sure if the result is it tomorrow. It's going to be a tough matchup against Buffalo. Much improved lineup. But you got to give these fans something. And when you see at the end of a game, players standing around, the overtime goal, not a good look. If it's two points tomorrow, by hook or by crook, however they do it, fans will go home happy. But I think the baseline is you have to give the fans something. you got to show that effort. And I think the, the effort from a state of positivity, much better than trying to just say, yeah, we're not good right now. It's bad right now. They're trying to repair. I know JT said a couple of things that people aren't going to agree with. I, I just think it's a, a state where players are just looking at it in a certain way. might not necessarily be the truth, but it's their version of the truth, and they're just going to have to view it from their angle. That is the superpower of athletes, that they have that ability to look at things in a one-game sample size, move on to the next thing. Not a lot of us have that ability. This is their world. They play a game, move on to the next game. We sit here and remember games from seasons ago and say, well, this is just like that game. Players, coaches, people in the sports world, managers, they have that ability. I, I, I wish I wish I had it. Be more in the present and focus on what's coming up next. Athletes have that gift that not a lot of society does, to be able to just move on to the next thing. For the Vancouver Canucks, that five-game road trip, put it out of your mind. It's done. And I know there's people, I got DMs today saying, how are they going to win 46 of the next 77? Players aren't going to think like that. And realistically, they absolutely should not. I know there's, go check the film. Why does this back check look like this? Why does this look like this? The players are just going to have to view this as Saturday, our chance to get two points. Just get two points. Monday, put in a better effort. Get ready for Carolina. And that's how they're going to have to view it. And I think for the fans, I'm curious what the fans want to see tomorrow. Uh, I, I know it's kind of lowering the standards a little bit. But the effort's just got to be there. Give the fans something. And start from a place of positivity. 650, 650. Uh, Brendan from South Surrey. I have more confidence in Ferrari strategists than the Canucks. I need Randy around here. Dom, is that a... Uh, that's an apt comparison, yes. All right. Ferrari... Quite often, often fumbles the bag. All right, I, I actually I did know that. I, I wasn't sure recently. Uh, this one, uh, I'll be happy if I get a free T-shirt. Yeah, people are ready for the T-shirt cannon. Plus a new video intro video that'll be exciting tomorrow. Uh, Marcus and Gibson's the Canucks should talk to you, Bick. Last year, Bick six started so bad, but here you are bouncing back. Let's uh, let's slow down on the bouncing back of uh, Bick six just yet. 
It's above 50%. How about that? 52.9% so far in the year. Again, we'll get to that in about uh, 10 minutes. Confession Fridays. Uh, a minute away or two, uh, seeing some trickle, trickle in already. So if you got a confession, uh, drop it into the inbox, 650-650. Uh, but many people reacting. Uh, this one, Sean from North Van. I'm wondering how bad is uh, losing Brad Shaw uh, affects the defense. It was one of the concerns I had. Brad Shaw has had a ton of success in the NHL. Managing defense, managing penalty kills, and look, he gets his opportunity in Philadelphia. I don't necessarily look at it as, as as he took a promotion or anything like that. It's just it's a different opportunity, and and you want to be an organization that lets people explore different opportunities as much as you want to retain guys. Someone wants to leave, you just say, "Hey, this is your chance to go somewhere else." That's fine, uh, but yeah, it's absolutely a concern how this team is defending right now. Backdoor tap-ins, the PK again, although that's a, an amazing goal by Matt Zuccarello. you got to give him credit uh, on a very deft touch to uh, shovel that over Thatcher Demko's pad last night. But it was a concern, and the PK, I, I want to say it's not going to be as bad as this all season long, but we saw what happened last season. Is it wasn't exactly thriving in the first 25 games. Can it get worse than last season? I'd be stunned. Just get it back to 75%. That's what they got to get to. Start working towards that. Push towards 80. Uh, but right now, it is grim for the Vancouver Canucks penalty kill. Mike and Tawasson, did I miss Confession Fridays? No, you did not. We'll get to it in just a second. Uh, Jeff Rowe saying, I feel like this team is not far off. Just need to find a way to clamp down in the third. They had a lead in the third period in every game so they can get back on track. Just hopefully time does not run out. And I know Bruce Boudreaux was singing that sentiment today. You know, when you look at teams that lead after two, historically it's good teams. He doesn't believe they're going to be the anomaly. And yeah, again, yesterday was better. But was it their best? And tomorrow they're going to have to bring their best. For me, for the fans... Absolutely agree that they got to bring their best and see what that looks like. Uh, all right, 650-650. We do it every Friday here on The People's Show. It's Confession Fridays. Join the movement that is Confession Friday. I know you hate me. I know I hurt you. But there's more. Listen. People in the butts. He should have been playing in the minors. Sports. Some weird things going down the toilet. This is my confession. 650, 650, you text in anonymously. We'll read your text anonymously. Always appreciate your interaction with Confession Fridays. It was a great segment we uh, debuted and stumbled into on the People's Show over the summer. I know there's been some changes, but we got to keep it as is. It's too good. Keep the confessions coming in, 650, 650. You got a confession, Dom? I'll kick things off. Oh, Dom's got a confession. It's apt because of the news this week. Uh, my love of Cristiano Ronaldo, club legend at Manchester United, is fading. Uh, Not yeah, sure what look, everyone's seen. You can't quit on a team. No, you can't. You no can one's bigger it. than the club. No one's ever been. Yeah, you can't quit. I don't know if that tarnishes the legacy, though. The legacy is what the legacy is. No, absolutely. Guy won Champions League and Premier League titles. Yeah. Legacy's not tarnished. I had 40 goal seasons. This is just a terrible, terrible situation engineered by everyone outside of Eric Ten Hag and Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. The club should have handled this. I, I dispute that there was a lot of people lining up to bring in Cristiano Ronaldo. But look, you signed a two-year deal. 
and you got to honor that. You know who I blame? I, I blame the Glazers. Yeah. 100%. 100%. If, if at some point Cristiano Ronaldo came to, to, to the Glazers in the summer and said, hey, I want out, he's done too much for the club to say, okay, go. They yeah, wanted free transfer. Let him go. They wanted a fee, which like again, like I understand, but this was not a way to treat a club legend. And then you can't can't quit on the team. Just wait it out till January. Hopefully, get your wish then. Uh, but you can't walk off the pitch. At confession Friday, I passed gas on an elevator and blamed it on my four year old, just for uh, CF content, doing God's work over here. Well played. Well played. Uh, Confession Fridays. I actually called Bick a bleep last week, or this week. I don't know if you missed that on the postgame show. Who didn't catch that on the postgame show? RJ and Killarney. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I have to say, did you you and Sat were sitting next to each other at that moment? Oh, howling. I imagine. Oh, it was great. Did it take a second to sit in? Like no, no, we, we were laughing okay. immediately. And even yeah, it was great. Uh, Confession Fridays. Only in my own pickle jar. I never use utensils. Hands only, baby. Where do you stand on that? I always use a fork. Do you ever run into the problem where like you try to pull the pickle out of the jar? That's no, because I here I, I, and I, it, the pickle gets stuck on I, the way out. Sure, but like it gets jammed. You just keep going after it. <laughs> I, guess. I don't give up if I want the pickle. Well, that's why they use your hand. You use your hands. No, that's no, that's 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 not a thing. If it's your pickle jar, no one else is eating from it. Then what does it matter? That's how society crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> when we break the rules like this, this is how society crumbles. But, like, is that a common thing? People, uh... I think a lot of people use their hands more than they they often wish. Confession Friday. I once worked with a a colleague who would uh, walk into the studio and just grab things that you've brought in for yourself. Like, let's say... Like food? Food. What is happening? Like, um, like, let's say you buy yourself some chips to munch on during your, your shift. Or maybe one time I brought in a, a box of cereal for a morning shift. I wanted to make myself a bowl. Uh, this individual would uh, just bare hand, don't even ask, just pick it up, take a handful, and go on his way. Uh, confession Friday, when the Canucks lost in overtime last night, uh, I actually got excited about the postgame show. I should always get excited about the postgame show. Uh, this one. Uh... I don't shower before going in the public pool or hot tub. Who does? What? Who does? Before? Like yes, a rinse? Before. A rinse? I'm not asking for uh, like a full lather here, but uh, like a rinse? Who does? I know there's signage, but who does? Just just do it for everyone else's peace of mind. If if you really want everyone to rinse off before you go into the pool, you should install one of those like rain heads above the entrance. Just like a trough. Of- yeah, and everyone has to walk through it to get to the pool. That's the solution. Just a rinse. That's a- 20 seconds is all anyone's asking for. Uh, this one. Uh, Confession Fridays. After the results of the road trip, this will be the first time in seven years, not including the COVID season, I'll not be going to the Canucks home opener. Tank for Bedard. Hashtag tank for Bedard. <laughs> 
Hashtag bring Vidard home. Uh, I always drink the juice from the pickle jar. Confession Fridays. Fun fact. It's actually a hangover preventative. Yeah. Yeah. That Like that I understand. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's it's all pickle juice shots coming in now. 650, 650. Uh, uh, again, anonymous. Confession Fridays. I do uh, vodka pickle juice shots without anyone knowing when I'm around family or if the kids are going it's too good. crazy. It's good. Uh, I must confess, I actually have no idea what's going... Who's going to get to five wins first? The Canucks or the Seahawks? Confession Fridays. Gotta be the Canucks. It's gotta be the Canucks, right? So, I mean, Seahawks are at three. Three and three, by the way. Two same, weeks? Same as the Miami Dolphins, by the way. I don't know if Randeep Jand is listening. RJ and Killarney. All that slander. Time. It was your Super Bowl week one. Yeah, three and three. We've got the better point differential, Randeep. We gotta get him on the show soon. I mean, it could be close. It could come down to next Sunday. Uh, Confession Fridays. As an Oilers fan, I tune into the station for Canucks Misery. <laughs> I feel a lot of people do that with out-of-town uh, media outlets. Confession Friday, I was listening to the pre uh, the Play Now pregame show yesterday. Matt Lee came on, and Dan laid his uh, power bet, the happiness hedge, bet against the Canucks. Confession Friday, I bet against the Canucks last night. Guess it paid out. It paid out big. Uh, yeah, people are going after the uh, the dip in your hand in the uh, pickle jar. Confession Friday, a close friend of mine uh, urinates on his feet in the show. No, let's come on. I'm hard against shower uh, relieving, by the way. I never understood that fad. Uh, this one. Uh, I recently joined the bandwagon of hating the Canucks and started to cheer for any of their opponents so I don't get depressed after the game. All right. Mike and Tawasin. So a shower for humans? Or a car wash for humans? Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, Confession Fridays. Canucks are losing because of me. I took three in my hockey pool and I'm in dead last. My bad. Uh, all right, we got one more here. Kind of have to read this one here. Go right ahead. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> I wish people would send these in ahead of time so we could pre-read yeah. them and select the, the, them. The last one says proofreading this. I think I'm done drinking for a bit. Uh, I'm Luck sure. on your journey. Uh, all right, let's uh, just read this one. I had one too many drinks with my wife the other night and told her I want to take up other sports. So I laid down our hallway carpet like a surfboard and started paddling like I was on a surfboard. And I told her I'm trying to catch the wave. When the wave hit, I landed on my feet and rode the wave. After that, I went speed skating with my socks in the kitchen. My wife said she needs to get the heck out of here. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand this one. I thought maybe they'd fall or something like that. All right. That was disappointing. That was. Man, we got to end on a make, though. It's like being a pickup ball. You got to end on a make. Uh, okay, this is wrong. When my fridge was broken, I spent a whole week going to Costco eating samples for lunch for the better part of a half hour to fill up. That's good money management, especially <laughs> in a recession. 
But don't you pay for the Costco subscription? Is that not a thing? Exactly. Get your money's worth. Oh, that's fair. All right. Well played. Also, Costco not raising the price of the $1.50 hot dog special throughout oh, the recession. Can you imagine? MVP. Yeah. Can MVP. you imagine the uproar if that changed? Everyone else is doing it. Shocking. Not Costco, though. All right. Let's get to it. Do it every week. We're on a comeback season. Big six. Let's get to it. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Take it to the house. It's big six. Three and three last week. An annoying three and three. Should have been better. 18-6-2 on the year. 52.9% on the year. All right, Falcons plus six and a half at the Bengals. Really like this Falcons team offensively, and they're running the ball really well. Slightly jumping on the party late here. Falcons have been 6-0 and uh, against the spread. We have picked them twice this year, but we'll do it again. Leading off big six this, this week. Bengals have some injuries on the interior defense, and they are getting better offensively, finding that right mixture for the offense. The all-shotgun stuff, stuff though. That will run out. And the interior of this Falcons defense is impressive, led by Grady Jarrett. You can't give him cues to tee off. That'll stagnate this offense. And the Bengals coming off that emotional win, I know against a non-conference opponent in New Orleans. But we played them last week because of that Louisiana reunion. Burroughs, Chase, the LSU guys. It was practically a home game for them in the Superdome. Von Bell, Trey Hendrickson going against the Saints again. Uh, again, I'll pick, I'll pick against the Bengals this time. Take the points. Falcons win 24-23. Ravens minus 6.5 versus the Browns. The Browns defense is atrocious. It stinks. They can't stop the run for the life of them. Now they have to deal with one of the top rushers in the league. That's a quarterback, let alone trying to deal with the offensive line in the running game and the running backs. They added dimension to the quarterback. I really like Jacoby Brissett, but one of the things I think we're learning is game script dependent. And if the game script gets out of hand against the Ravens, things will go from bad to worse against a team that's had big leads in every game as well. You need one of two things in pull-away games and big spreads. An explosive offense or an inept offense that just can't come back, and I think we'll see the latter uh, for the Browns. Give the points. Ravens win 34-20. Lions plus 6.5 at the Cowboys. Love taking the other side when a star player comes back. Cowboys get Dak. Well, that's slow a bunch of players down who are not maxing out on effort now around Cooper Rush. They relax a bit now with Dak. Say, hey, Dak, you're back. you got to pull your weight. We've been doing so for the, for the past five weeks. Against a feisty team coming off a bye as they get healthier, Jared Goff has his problems with pressure. We know the Cowboys' defensive line can certainly do that. O-line, though, Jonah Jackson back healthy. Frank, Frank Ragnow back healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown back healthy. They do enough to keep this close. Cowboys still win, but take the points. 27-24. Colts plus 2.5 at the Titans. I'm playing this one just because I don't quite understand why the line isn't the full three points. The Titans have a great record against the Colts. They beat them at Indianapolis this year. They've won three in a row. They're coming off a bye, but the worst thing you want to do when you're on a hot streak is stop. It's like being at the table. You don't get up. You just keep hitting blackjacks you never get up when you're on a heater but with all that being said like why isn't that three points then feels like the books taking a position 
want you to play the Titans. I, I, I smell a trap here. I'll take the points. Colts win 21-17. Seahawks plus five at the Chargers. Three wins in a row for the Chargers. They're heading into a bye. It's still a mentally immature team. They don't necessarily pull away from teams either. Always close games for the Chargers. And look at the standings. They're tied with the Chiefs again. Going into a bye, I could absolutely see a letdown spot here. Team resting on their laurels, especially with the big number against a non-conference opponent. Chargers aren't an explosive team either, despite having that demigod back there at quarterback. They don't pull away, and Seahawks offense continues to be impressive, but the defense generating takeaways. Yeah, they give up yardage. You can live with that if you're generating takeaways with Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant as well. I'll take the points. Chargers still win, but uh, leave it late, 27 24 and primetime game. Let's go to Monday night. Patriots minus eight for the Bears. Need we say more? Bill Belichick versus a young QB always goes well. And that running game, Damian Harris coming back into the fold, continues to keep that running game fresh. All right, sucks for fantasy. You got Ramondre, you got Damian Harris. Which one do you want to play? We're talking about the spread here. That running game stays fresh, and the offensive line looks tremendous. That first-round pick looks great. Cole Strange next to the center, David Andrews. They're really building something strong there. They will put this game away early and continue to churn the clock, run it up on the Bears' run defense. I will lay the points with the suddenly uh, frisky New England Patriots. Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, doesn't matter. It's eight points. I'll lay it. Patriots win 28-13. So to recap, that is Falcons plus six and a half. Ravens minus six and a half. Lions plus six and a half. Colts plus two and a half. Seahawks plus five. And Patriots minus eight. Pick six. We'll do the people's picks on the other side. And Adnan Verk will join us and wrap up uh, maybe a couple more confessions that have streamed in here. 650, 650. Busy show. More on the way here on the home of the Canucks. This is the People Show. Sportsnet 650. Show's flying by today on a Friday. Welcome back to The People's Show. Bick Nazar hanging out with you. Dominic Schmatty running the show. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Talk to Adnan Verk as we do every week in just a moment from NHL MLB Network and the Cinephile Pod. Ask him about uh, memorable losing streaks because my goodness right now in Vancouver. Oh, three and two. Rough start and it's memorable for sure the way these games have been going down. Uh, someone uh, texting in during pick six. Good team win. Great teams cover. So that means uh, the Canucks are trash. But hey, if you've been playing that uh, plus one and a half puck line, they've been pretty good. They've been pretty, pretty good these last two games uh, with the the OT, if you've been uh, grabbing the puck line uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, 650-650. Keep coming in with the thoughts as well. Uh, more on the way. We'll try to wrap up uh, the show with some of your thoughts as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll connect with that in Verk. But uh, let's get to the people's picks first. Looking ahead to week seven, brought to you by Play Now Sports. Every game will feel like the big game when you bet with Play Now Sports. Brought to you by BCLC. Mention Lamar Jackson. Going up against the Cleveland Browns. 
The rushing game could be massive. I'm actually looking at first touchdown scorer. Divisional game, get into the red zone, trust your best weapon. Yeah, Mark Andrews is there, but first touchdown, Lamar Jackson, 7.5. Liking it. Liking that spot for Lamar Jackson. Put up an early one. Also, Geno Smith. This is real, man. I know I was Geno-pilled early in the summer. Trying to convince you. Seahawks offense is going to be decent. Yeah, they had a rough spot against San Francisco. I think they'll be decent against the Chargers. Having their own couple of problems. That big investment in J.C. Jackson hasn't exactly worked out quite yet. Chargers defense is decent, but I still like Geno over 257 yards in the game. Paying out at 1.8. And also, finally, Dak Prescott making his return to the Dallas Cowboys. Total passing touchdowns. I'm going to take the under at one and a half. Trust in Zeke. We talked about the Lions game earlier. Will they rely more on the running game? Will Zach check, Dak check into a lot of runs? I'll go under one and a half. Total passing touchdowns. Paying at 2.1. That is the People's Picks brought to you by PlayNow Sports. When you choose to bet on sports at PlayNow.com, you're playing on the only site whose profits go back to BC. Know your limit. Play within it. Let's uh, connect with Adnan Verk, who joins us now from NHL MLB Network and the Cinephile Pod. Adnan, how are you? Beck, I'm doing great, man. Uh, how old are you, Beck? I know you're younger than I am, but how old are you? Uh, 36. The reason I mention this, okay, you're, uh, you're young enough to get old enough. I had my cousins visiting recently, and they're really handy. And I said, you know, you got to help me with something. I said, okay. And <laughs> I have this speaker which attaches to my TV, but I'd lost the little remote that goes with it. So oh, it's anyway, over. You're done. They get the speaker. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's called a Pope, P-O-L-K, but it's like a speaker because the actual TV has like a little sound bar. So then I do the one better, and I go, you know what you guys could really do for me? It would be amazing. I go, what's that? I go, I have my Blu-ray DVD player that I haven't hooked up since you moved to Jersey three years ago. My wife said, don't hook it up. You can watch it on your son's PS2, meaning DVDs. I didn't watch his DVDs anyways. Everything's streaming. So they hooked it up. Bro, I am going through my DVD collection. I feel like I'm 18 again. This is fantastic. I mean, I'm just, just, and it's the thing. It's, you're 36, so you still remember the joy of going to Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. And you know, going through the different sections and finding your DVD. So I'm going through my DVDs the way a young man would perhaps with his CDs or cassette players. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm rediscovering all these movies on DVD. And she's trying to tell me, no, they're on streaming. I'm like, no, they're not. I wanted to watch Silence of the Lambs with Halloween right on the corner. I don't see Silence of the Lambs on Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus, but guess who's got the DVD? Adnan Burke. I'm going to crack that, crack that thing open tonight. Watch the little Hannibal Lecter. What do you think of that? There, the, there's a certain appeal to having DVDs again. Because uh, I, I moved last year and I put them all in boxes. I was like, really? Like, why do I even still have these because of streaming services? But you can't trust streaming services anymore because The Godfather one month is going to be on Netflix. And then Paramount Plus is like, no, we have our own streaming service. And it's off. And it's like, I can't subscribe to all these things. But I still got the trilogy. Like, I still have that. And if I want to watch it, it's there. It's, it's it's like, break out the hi-fi. Break out the Blu-ray, whatever it is. That's That's definitely what you need. Oh, yeah, and I'm telling you, the Blu-ray player, if you actually have a Blu-ray disc, to your point, if it's the Godfather trilogy, Blu-ray style, you can see the difference. Like, that is not the same as watching it when they're airing it on AMC or if you're watching a streaming service. Like, that looks like crystal clear. Like, mm-hmm. dude, plus, if you really have the time to indulge the special features, you can start listening to, like, Coppola's commentary with yeah. uh, Mario Puzo, or you can watch Pacino behind the interviews. I'm like, 
that's the one big thing I tell people. I go, hey, as great as streaming is in terms of accessibility, the two things you mentioned, not everything's there, and there's no special features. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch you know, any, name any movie that's recently in streaming, there's no DVD where you go, oh, click for more featurettes. Like one of the great joys of watching P.T. Anderson, where you're like Boogie Nights, you go, oh my God, there's like three hours of like, you know, deleted scenes and audio featurettes and like, yeah. commentaries. I'm like, dude, it's the best. I, I'm just, I'm reliving my life right now. No, but, yeah. When, when I was packing everything up, when I first moved to my new place, I, you know, kept the DVDs in boxes and slowly set everything up. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to put the stuff out proudly. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's there below my TV, my, my rather tame DVD collection. But nevertheless, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to show off now. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you can appreciate it. I think you're right. It's kind of like for probably people who are older than us when they showed off their record players. You and I were like, well, I got a disc. Well, vinyls are popular all over again, right? Yes, exactly. Everything that is old is new again. If, if you go to someone's house and they have a record player, they go, oh, check out my vinyl. You're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, you and I are going to come back around here on this DVD revolution. So long as uh, cassette tapes don't make a comeback, I think we're fine. So long as, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that does remind me how I, I did. I did find a few of those. Like, was there anything worse? You literally had to forward it for like ten seconds. Oh. I hope you were close. No, nope, a little further. Oh no, not yet. Okay. I, I um, would literally mark on the cassette like where the song I wanted to listen to was, and then I could like yeah. watch it through the player and like, all right, stop, stop right now. And then uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson Bad would play, and I'll be happy all over again. Right. You had to check the time code. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, here in Vancouver, uh, we're t- uh, talking to. To Adnan Verka from MLB NHL Network, the Canucks are starting really bad. It's it's 0-3 and two here. Uh, it's, it's it's not even so much I want to ask you about the team, but like these are memorable losses. It's they they've had leads in every every single game. Like memorable losing streaks that stick out to you in sports. Like I'm having a hard time comparing what's happening with the Canucks right now to things we've seen in sports before. Yeah, just a quick thought on the Canucks, particularly that loss against my Flyers on the Saturday. I'm like, wow, I don't know how you gag a 2 nothing lead like that. So it's it's definitely painful to see, although Torts got to be a favorite, Jack Adams. And right out of the gate, the Flyers are rolling because Torts has been going. But you're right, in terms of like losing streaks, you know, what's what's most frustrating is when the team is expected to be good. And the Canucks a year ago, like, challenged for a playoff spot. And you're like, yeah, like, they're going to do some things here. And, of course, uh, Boudreaux on the birds was it, 600 wins? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, he's one of the great all-time regular season coaches. And Mike Johnson said that to me the other day. And I said, emphasis on regular season. He goes, exactly. We love Gabby, but like he has not done this in the playoffs. So in the regular season, it's a very short list. Eventually, if he gets to 700 wins or 750 wins, is he in the Hall of Fame even without having like, great playoff success? I'm like, eh, probably. Like, it's an interesting conversation to have. But regards to losing streaks, uh, I remember the Orioles was 88. Whatever that was. Like, that was horrific out of the gate. The Baltimore Orioles, I believe Cal Sr. was the manager. And I now work with Billy Ripken, Cal Ripken's uh, younger brother. I, uh, Billy may have been on that team. I remember that vividly. Like, holy smokes, this team came and win a game. It was horrible. Um, I also I think the Buccaneers, like back, back in the, like, the mid-70s, you always know they were horrible. Um, but, yeah, there's something about a losing streak. You go, God, just win one. It's, it's kind of like when a team is trying to make up a big deficit. Like this year, the Rays were ten and a half games back of the Yankees in the AL East. Eventually closed to three and a half. But like an NBA team, when you're down, the other team goes on a 15-0 run. Right. You know, to exhaust that much energy, you can't keep pushing the boulder up the mountain. So the, the optimist to me says, hey, six games, no big deal. But the point is, when you can't get a single point, you're getting only two points in your first five, and the losses start to build, the sticks tighten, all the cliches apply, especially when you start the year. If yeah. you have a slump in January, like, bro, it's January, like, whatever. It's like in baseball, the dog days of August. Like, I'm expecting to have a bad month from the New York Yankees. But in hockey, you just feel like momentum is so critical. It's just, 
it just saps your confidence. It's frustrating. It, it, it's beneficial because look, it's it's hockey. It's not football. It's 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 not six days till the next game. You can get into the 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 rhythm of a season. And Saturday they play again, see if they can balance out. But you you kind of mentioned there, like getting out of a losing streak, and especially at the beginning of the year, and you if you just feel like you're chasing everything. My concern is always you have to exert so much energy, right? This isn't like this isn't tennis where your boy Federer can just stop for a set and like, hey, I'll, I'll come back in the third set and I'll still win the match. This is like you have to keep exerting so much energy and by game 48 like do you just kind of burn out a little bit here a hundred percent and what ends up happening too is you start to do drastic you know drastic measures call for drastic action so yeah. all of a sudden you, know, you start switching up lines and you probably shouldn't or you start calling up rookies when you probably shouldn't because they're not ready or you make like a, a knee-jerk trade and you go i don't think i really was the right move like you start seeking action for the sake of action because as Einstein said, the definition of insanity is expecting a different result but doing the same thing over and over. So that's what happens in hockey. If you start out, if the, God forbid the Canucks are 0-8-2, eventually you go, oh, something has happened. We can't fire Bedro. We just hired him. Okay, trade this guy. Trade that guy. Dump him. Over. No, no, like just You want to stay the course, and yet the natural aspect of being a fan is just short for fanatic, and you want results. So hopefully Vancouver turns it around sooner rather than later. Yeah, don't wish 0-8-2 uh, upon anyone. A uh, home opener tomorrow. It's uh could be a miserable scene if they're tracking towards uh, 0-8-2. Yeah, that would be insane. Because then it, it says eventually it gets to the point where it becomes historic. And then you start to say, well, let's just tank for Connor Bedard. Yeah. Like, you know, there's always that switch of the fan. You go from like, hey, I think we might make the playoffs. Like, at least we'll contend to go, oh, my God, we stink. Let's really stink. Like, well, we don't want to be 11th in the Western Conference. That's the worst spot to be in. It, it's coming in already so far in our inbox today, just uh, the, the Bedard references. It, it'd, be a, it'd be a big win for, for, for local fans. <laughs> He's from the area. So fans would love it. But, yeah, it's, you're, you're kind of preaching to a certain choir uh, here in the city right now. Uh, hey, last night, uh, some some crazy news. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gets traded to the 49ers. I, I feel like this is kind of a new trend in sports. Are we getting more daring GMs? Like the Rams last year, they spent all those draft picks. The Braves, you know, have some trade deadline success uh, last season. Is, is this just the new trend in sports? We're going to get more daring GMs? And I know you were just talking about, hey, don't do anything drastic. But it, it feels like we're getting a new kind of wave of GMs that think differently in season. Yeah, I love the sense of urgency that some of these guys feel. Like, you know what, just just – Damn the horses and let's figure let's figure this thing out because especially in the NFL, burn the boats, right? Like that's a phrase. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's funny because I think in the NFL, what happens is that your window feels so small, but parity helps because every team feels like they've got a chance. Like we're not seeing the Niners dynasty of the eighties. We're not seeing the Cowboys dynasty of the nineties. Like you, you never see repeat champions, with the exception, of course, of the Patriots. And even then, it wasn't like they won five straight. They were always in the mix. Yes, they were always seem to be in the Super Bowl. But it wasn't necessarily a foregone conclusion that they pull off a four-peat. And then all of a sudden, Mahomes comes along, and you go, well, the Chiefs are going to win three Super Bowls. Well, they won one. But then last year, he gagged. Like, he didn't look great in the Super Bowl. So I think what happens is that every team kind of goes, eh, you know, move here, a little tinkering there. And I think the Rams, especially from a year ago, saying, let's go top-heavy. We're not going to want a depth. We'll have a ton of stars. Like, we're going to have elite top guys. And hopefully that's enough to carry us through. So in the, in the case of McCaffrey, you go, Hey, stud player, obviously injuries have hurt him, but when healthy and durable, he's a difference maker. Get him healthy, we'll get back to being the guy that he is. Hey, we're willing to pay him. We can make it work with a cap. And then slowly by slowly, it makes sense. And then for the Panthers, you go, well, we're not going anywhere. It yeah. sucks. They already dumped Matt Rule, so you might as well get what you can from McCaffrey. Uh, talking to Adnan Ver from NHL MLB Network, also the Cinephile Pod. I, I say often here, I, I you know, we, we like the idea of underdogs, 
But the truth is we just remember underdog more. Like, chalk wins often. And in the moment we say, ah, wow, that was an awesome win. We all remember, you know, Douglas knocking out Tyson, but we don't remember who Tyson fought after. You have to deal with the ramifications of your interest once we see an underdog. I look at Padres-Phillies right now. It's a 5-6 matchup, and everyone's kind of looking at this, but it's not the Dodgers and it's not the Braves that they get knocked out. Are you as interested in Padres-Phillies? I know you were talking about the Padres before we all started, but has has this kind of waned on maybe the interest on the NL? side for Major League Baseball playoffs? A little bit. And you're bringing up a good point. And I thought of that point exactly while I was watching the game last night. I said, Yankees, Astros, all season, I would have said, this is going to be the ALCS. And it is. And I'm highly entertained. Like, why is that? Normally, when you say, oh, it's going to be, you know, Warriors and boxing. Oh, here we go again. I'm like, no, no, that's awesome. I'm going to see Steph. I'm going to see Giannis. It's going to be superstars. Yeah. Go. And in the case of Yankees, Astros, I go, yeah, it's same old, same old, but it's riveting. Because I know all the stars, they have great fan bases, the crowds are insane, the Yankees are the underdogs, which is rare for a 26-time, 27-time world champion, and they're trying to get this giant monkey off their back, which is the Astros. And from Houston's side, it's so compelling, because you go, all right, yeah, we cheated in 2017, but this year we got the horses, and we're going to dominate. And they've been close games. Every single pitch had drama. Judge misses that home run, which would have been at 4-3. I swear the Yankees win that game. He hits that home run, he misses it by two feet. Instead, Tucker catches it at the wall. And now the Yankees have to win four or five. But I do not, by the way, subscribe to the theory last night was a must win. Obviously, it would have been nice. But I'm like, they could still win the series. That, that series back in, I think it was 2017, yeah. It was a seven-gamer. And the home team won every game in that series. So I, I swear, I still feel like this Yankee team can win three straight. Now, can they win a game in Houston? I don't know about that. As tight as the action was, Houston's pitching is so formidable. And the Yankee bats have been so silenced. Now, in answer to your question, Padres, I'm getting ready to watch in about 30 minutes. I love an upset early on, but I don't want too many upsets. Meaning in March Madness, I still need to have one of Duke, North Carolina, UCLA, Syracuse, Michigan, some sort of blue blood team that I know. So in the case of baseball, you're going to get that. Either you're going to get the Yankees in the World Series or the Astros, who everybody knows, because we all know the names of Altuve and Bregman and Berliner and Jordan, et cetera. And in the case of the NL, I'm happy because I did not want to see Dodgers-Braves again. I'm like, bro, I do not need to relive Astros-Dodgers or Yankees Braves, like I've seen those matchups before. But I think it's cool to have at least one underdog. So in this case, I actually think it's best-case scenario for baseball. I think best-case scenario, if I'm totally honest, is the Yankees come back and beat the Astros. You always want the Yankees in the World Series if you're baseball. Yeah. And I think either Padres-Phillies is a win. Yankees-Phillies close in proximity. Like, I, as you know, live in the New York area. I'm an hour 40 from Philly, so this area would be bananas. But as you know, I'm a huge Padres guy. I love the city of San Diego. 92 in sight the other day. I'm not traveling for the World Series, but I'm just cheering to see people at the World Series in San Diego because it's a great baseball town. They were fourth in attendance last year. They were third this year. Chargers leave, and San Diego says, no, no, no. It's like what happened with Seattle. Like once one team leaves, you know, we are a baseball town now. We will love our Padres through and through. They've never won a World Series. They've been around since 1969. So a long way of saying, has it lost a little luster compared to ALCS? Yes. But am I still happy it's this rather than Dodgers-Braves? You betcha. Uh, I saw the headline today, McCullers and uh, Champagne Accident. And any other sport, I would say, come on, this is like an Onion article. <laughs> Baseball, right. it just fit in with every, like, what was it, Marty Cordova in the suntan or something like that? And yeah. it, it just fits into every other baseball injury we've heard before. There's the one that I'm sure is apocryphal. I think Smoltz. They say burned himself while he was ironing a shirt. Now, I worked with Smoltz at MLB Network, and in fact, saw him this year at the Hall of Fame. I, at some point, I probably should have asked him, but I'm like, he might have just punched him in the face. So uh, that was probably not true. But Glenn Allen Hill, way back in the day in the 80s, 
I had a nightmare because a spiders woke up and injured himself. Like baseball definitely has had the weirdest and wonkiest injuries. It's something about the sports, maybe the guys that play, but these things happen. But I'm always surprised how these injuries get out. Like I always think some, like I, maybe it's the, the conspiracy theorist to me or the, the mafia lover that somebody would say, okay, here's what actually happened, champagne accident, Well, we are going to say this. But that's what I actually find refreshing. The truth does come out. Like they'll, they'll say, yep, uh, that guy punched the wall. Like really? I'm like, yep. That Chris Dell just kind of went nuts and, you know, he broke, uh, punched the wall. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I, I would just think these guys would be smart enough to go, oh, no, he saved this damsel in distress. I swear, this old woman had her back <laughs> taken away. Like, no, 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 like that. The one thing about baseball, today's scrutiny and social media, the truth comes out. So as embarrassing as it is for Lance McCullers, you go, we're just going to have to be honest, guys. It was a champagne accident. Let's wear it. Let's move on. Yeah, there's always a good Samaritan when there's a good story behind it uh, with an injury. Uh, Adnan, we appreciate it as always. Actually, uh, one question here uh, coming into the inbox. Uh, Slapshot, where do you rank it on sports films? Love it. I think it's it's arguably the best hockey movie ever. Now, there's not a lot of movies in that category, mm-hmm. but I like it more than Muddy Ducks. I like it more than Mystery Alaska. I do think Goon was pretty good. Recent film from our boy Jay Baruchel. I also made a second one to Montreal's own. The hockey movie that I really love is called The Rocket. Terrific story about Maurice Rock and Richard. And that came out of Quebec. Came out, I don't even know, five, six, seven years ago. I remember, I, I love that movie. And uh, I just love Rock and Richard. You know, the dark, cold eyes of intensity. But yeah, in fact, you said to me right now, best hockey movie, I would go with Slapshot. Love Paul Newman, one of my favorite actors. Uh, of course, the Hanson Brothers putting the foil on. And the way I always gauge these things is if you ask other people who play the sport what they love, they'll inevitably say this. Like, if you ask baseball players what baseball do you love, they always say Bull Durham, which is not one of my favorites, I'll admit. I love Eight Men Out. I love Major League. I love uh, Field of Dreams. But they all say Bull Durham. If you ask hockey players of a certain age particularly, what's your favorite hockey movie? They all say Slaps. They go, oh, no, they nailed it. Like, if you've played in leagues like that, the brawling, the fighting, the women, the booze, I'm like, oh, yeah. That movie nailed it, and especially the ending. They start taking the clothes off and the strip tees, and it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it. Uh, appreciate you answering the phone, man. We'll talk next week. <laughs> you got it, Dick. Take care. It's Adnan Verk joining us here from MLB NHL Network. Uh, wrapping up the People's Show, let's get to the NFL preview brought to you by Clayton Public House. Pre-game to post-game, the Clayton Public House, your home of football. Catch all the action. 15 screens, two giant projectors at the ClaytonPub.com. Big trade last night. Christian McCaffrey ending up in San Francisco. Kind of touched on it there with Adnan Verk. I love it. Even if it's a mistake, make mistake of ambition. McCaffrey, CMC going up against the Chiefs. Uh, looks like he is slated to play, whether it's a reduced workload. But, yeah, make mistakes of ambition. I know the draft isn't looking flush for the 49ers, but go for it. Look at the NFC right now. Eagles look tremendous, but, look, it's still a new coach. It's still a young quarterback. Go for it. What else is uh, worrying you right now in the NFC? The Rams have taken a step back. Your division rival, they just laid the blueprint. Go be aggressive in the trade market with Vaughn Miller. You can go replicate that and try to get this right as Jimmy G develops over the course of the season. I don't know if it means they'll win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. That's still a concern. But hey, you can certainly win the NFC now uh, with uh, Christian McCaffrey in the fold. Uh, so we'll look forward to uh, Chiefs and 49ers this week. Jets at Broncos. Dom Schermatti's New York Jets. I gotta, I gotta admit here. I know I've been down on the Broncos, been down on Russell Wilson. I kind of like him in the spot. Russell Wilson, for all the flaws, uh, isn't really throwing interceptions. And this Denver defense going to give Zach Wilson a host of problems. The running game might go well, but now you got Elijah Moore trying to get out. He's not playing this week. The Denver defense is really strong. How will Zach Wilson respond? You saw that Russell Wilson's a game time decision? Yeah. But that's, I'm fine. Like He's, he's going to play. 
You think? Russell Wilson. He's got that Wolverine blood, apparently. Yeah, yeah apparently. The danger which will we'll get him through. Uh, the, the game I'm thinking I'm most excited for, talk about it in Big Six, though. Lions and Cowboys. Dak is back. How will they respond around him? I think there's a little uh, Ewing theory here that they ease up a little bit. But the Lions, we know they're a fun team. Defense can have its problems, but the offense certainly goes. Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the most exciting wide receivers now in the league. Top eight, top ten, top five. What is he for you? Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, crushing it in fantasy for people, but uh, he's just a, a demon in the slot. Now that he's back healthy and that offensive line is back healthy, strength versus strength. Cowboys got one of the best defensive units going up against for me, top three offensive line. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch what Jared Goff and the Lions can do versus the Cowboys. Uh, that is the NFL preview for Clayton Public House. Canucks Central on the way. Yannick Hansen joins the show every Friday on Canucks Central. Plus, they got the mailbag going. I read uh, Satyar Shah's mentions uh, earlier today. Oh, yeah, it was grim. A lot of people with... Uh, are they even are they even ever going to win a game replies to sat well they'll answer those and everything else on the mailbag uh Josh Elliott Wolf I can see him prepping up the mailbag right now uh Dan Riccio Satyar Shaw on the way here on the home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650